Well, welcome. We're going to begin by reading the first chapter of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Halakiah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the provinces are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Let's just pray. Father, as we look at this account of Nehemiah's life, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come, cement your truth into our hearts, inspire our spirits and fill our minds with your truth. Amen. So, Nehemiah, one of the last books of the Old Testament, although you'll find it in the middle of the Old Testament, it's written about 400 years before Jesus was born. And the book of Nehemiah is an account of about 20 years of Nehemiah's life. He was single, it would appear, there's no mention of a wife, he was probably a eunuch. He was brought up in Babylon during the Israelite exile from their own land. He was capable. He rose to a high and trusted position in the Babylonian court. And given what we know about how they chose um, their servants from the foreign nations they triumphed over, Nehemiah was probably good looking as well. So what did he do in these 20 years? Well, obviously he was cupbearer to the king, who's basically the food taster 
um, to ensure that the king wasn't going to be poisoned. So the upside was it was a trusted position. And as Adrian mentioned last week, the downside is you were likely to be poisoned, but you win some, lose some. He was appointed governor of Judah by the king, and he served as governor for at least 12 years and probably longer. He traveled from Babylon to Judah, about a thousand miles, probably on a camel. And if you've traveled on a camel, your sympathy will no doubt go to Nehemiah. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he organized the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem and accomplished it in 52 days. And we know that from later on in the book. And bearing in mind that these walls had laid fallen for round about 200 years. Nehemiah is not one of the early people to travel from Babylon to Judah. Um, people had been there probably 70 years or so already. Um, during the rebuilding, he had to fight off a lot of opposition. After the rebuilding, he had to fight for the rights of the poor and uh, social justice and uh, had to sort out some of the troubles between the rich and the poor, sorting out social injustice. He led the nation in repentance and back to God. And then he returned to Babylon um, for a short time before returning to Judah and having to sort out a whole load of other problems. So Nehemiah was energetic, inspirational and motivated. And just so you don't turn off now because you're thinking, how on earth could I be a Nehemiah? Join the club. <laughs> He, he, was a, he, he was a capable, energetic, inspirational, motivated person. He was a person that got things done. And I want to bear that in mind as we go through the rest of this talk. We're not, thinking, we're not talking about someone who is uh, particularly academic. We're not talking about someone who's very reflective. We're talking about a doer someone who got things done. A remarkable achievement to rebuild the walls and organize the rebuilding in 52 days when people had been there for many, many years and had never got round to doing it. But our reading this morning focused on one of Nehemiah's prayers. And one of the things that we notice about Nehemiah is that he prays and then he acts. And one of the things I've learned in my experience um, is one of my little sentences, action before prayer leads to stress. Action after prayer brings results. Action before prayer leads to stress. Action after prayer brings results. Jesus says to us that if we are to produce fruit, we need to abide in him. Remember the story he told of him being the vine, his father, the gardener. We are grafted into the vine and as we grow in the vine, so we produce fruit. And how do we abide in Jesus? Well, it is by prayer and obedience. And sometimes, you know, a person like Nehemiah, there was a chance that he would um, hear what was going on in Jerusalem. Say, I've got to fix it. I'm going to get up and go. But we find, first of all, that he prayed and it says, for some days I mourned and fasted. 
Now, I don't think he fasted the whole time, but there's actually four months between hearing the report from his brother and when he goes to the when he's when he goes to the king and asks to return four months of seeking God praying and fasting asking God what am I to do about this there's an urgency about Jerusalem they're in despair they're in disgrace the walls are broken down they need rebuilding but his first response is four months of seeking God. Action before prayer leads to stress. Action after prayer brings results. And so we see for the next 12 years, Nehemiah is constantly praying and acting, praying and acting, faith and works, faith and works together. They need to be together. We can't just pray we need to act. We can't just be, all be doers, we need to be prayers. Sometimes reflective, sometimes slower than we would like. But when we pray and God sends us, things happen quickly. And one of the things in my heart is that <clears throat> during this time of lockdown, God has been pulling his church back to himself individuals coming to spend time with him individuals having to find their way of worshiping with a screen in front of them not in the big crowd but as we found our way back to god i believe coming out of this lockdown these next few years we are going to see god doing far more than he has done in the previous years his his times of drawback or his times of making us inactive are never wasted like our times in prayer are never wasted just very quickly running through nehemiah's prayer he's been praying for about four four months and then he prays the prayer that we read through and it, it's a good model prayer. There are a number of very good model prayers. Obviously, um, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, we know as the Lord's Prayer, is a great model prayer. And I use that um, to help me. If, if, I'm not, if, I'm, if I'm struggling with praying, I just work through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. Father, you're our Father, etc., etc. Um, I mustn't get distracted on that. So he's, he's in uh, chapter 1, verse 5 to 11. First of all, Nehemiah declares the greatness of God and when we come to prayer we don't want to start with us we want to start with who God is we want to declare who he is our sovereign father the one who loves us the one who cares for us the all-powerful the creator of heaven and earth the sustainer of heaven and earth we start with the greatness of God then he asks us, says a strange thing he he asks God will you listen to me Will you listen to me? And one of the prayers that reoccurs through Nehemiah is this sense of God, listen to me. And sometimes I think we just need to just need to reaffirm, God, please listen to me. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, it's like I'm just hitting a ceiling. I'm just speaking words in the air. You think, oh, God, please listen to me. And he just says, God, please listen to me. Then he repents on behalf of the nation. Um, they're 
disobedience to God. And he he's bringing his repentance here out of a place of we are God's chosen people and we have failed in your commands. And just to say here, sometimes we recognise as a nation we have many failings and, and there is times that we can repent on behalf of our nation. But we need to start with repenting sometimes for the way the church has lived in disobedience to God. So he repents on behalf of the nation. Then he reminds God of his promises. He says, God, you said, if we as a nation disobeyed you, we would be cast out into exile. Okay, you've done that. But you also said, if we repent, if we come back to you, you will bring us out of exile and plant us back in the land. There is always a second chance with God. And maybe some people listening today, they've, <coughs> they've been a Christian many years ago, maybe um, in the boys' brigade, the Boy Scouts, Sunday school, you committed your life to Jesus and then you just drifted away. And you're thinking, well, will God have me back? God says, I'd love to have you back. Tells the story of the prodigal son, the son that took his inheritance, wasted it. Women, drinking, wasted it. But the father was looking for him. The father looking, come back to me, come back to me. And there's maybe people listening today and you're thinking, can I come back to God? Yes, the door is open. There's always a chance to repent and come back to the living God. So he reminds God of his promises. You've promised that you will bring us back. But the people that are back are in disgrace. So he asks God, God, grant me success. Give me success. There's a, a very good model prayer there in Nehemiah chapter one. But as you go through the rest of Nehemiah, his next prayer is not a four month long one. It's not a whole page one. It's simply, I pray to the God of heaven, the king, he's standing before the king and uh, Jeremiah is overwhelmed with sadness for the state of his nation. The king says, well, Nehemiah, you're normally a bright, bubbly person. You're a bit sad today. What's wrong with you? So he's standing before the king and he prays. Now, I can't imagine this was a long prayer. This was God help. <laughs> help. This is the moment I've been looking for. And then he talks to the king and the king appoints him as governor and sends him to Judea to sort out the rebuilding of the walls. So what do we see already? We've got four months of urgent prayer. We have half a page, quite a long prayer covering the subjects we've, we've talked about. And then you've got this urgent short prayer, God help me. I wonder which one you pray most. Then throughout the book, there are other situations facing opposition. He actually faces at one point, is this really worth it? I am giving my life to these people, but they keep disobeying you. They keep walking away from you. Is it worth it? So you find in chapter four, verse four, he comes again. Hear, O God, people are attacking us. We need you on our side. Four, nine, we prayed and we posted a guard. It looked like people were going to come and break down the walls again. So we prayed because we need God's protection. But we posted a guard as well. Faith and works. 
6.9 he says um, he prayed. In 6.14 he prayed in conversation with God as he's doing, God, look, I've given myself, <laughs> I've done so much for you. Please God, remember me. And God promises that everything we do for him is written down and remembered. You know, sometimes we can just feel tired, we can be feel worn out, we can wonder whether it's worth it. We have maybe friends and family living in a way that's totally opposite to God and they seem to be succeeding. We don't seem to be getting the breaks, but God remembers every secret thing we do, every secret prayer he remembers, every secret act of good we do, he remembers. Every cry of our heart, God hears us and remembers us. So Nehemiah, a tremendous man of action, but a tremendous man of prayer. What can we learn from for our situation from this? Firstly, whatever nation we're from, in most of the nations represented in um, open door, we know in our heart of hearts, they need a revival of God. They need a move of his Holy Spirit, bringing people to repentance, changing the moral nature of our nations. Most of our nations represented in open door need that revival. Our town, our county needs revival. Kettering and Northamptonshire have a, <coughs> a very honourable history in revival. When I first came here, people were telling me stories of how um, on a Sunday the, the churches would be full in Kettering, how on a Sunday more people came into Kettering to go to church than actually lived in the town as they drew people from the, the towns and villages around. The missionaries that we've sent out from Kettering. Kettering has an honourable history. Northamptonshire has an honourable history in revival. But we need another revival. We need another move of God. But what do we have? Well, God has gathered open door together to be a people together, to be part of his army. He has gathered churches into Kettering, people into Northamptonshire, and we as Open Door are part of that. And we have a wide diversity of people, gifts, abilities, nations, cultures. There's not many people that aren't in some way represented by somebody in Open Door. Whether it's those that have got a history of depression and, and, and mental health issues that God has changed and transformed, whether it's people out of a drug culture that God has changed and transformed, whether it's those who are successful in, in positions of authority in, in their companies, in, their, in um, the national health, in charities. We have a wide variety of people and gifts. We have those that are very academic, those um, who are very creative, those who are just ordinary, like me, <laughs> just not particularly outstanding at anything. But God can use me. 
And we have that with op in Open Door. We have a building in the middle of Kettering, a great facility. Now it needs some work done on it and it needs, needs some refinements, refinements to make it all that we want it to be. Um, I, I like to think about Eden Centre and I have a phrase which I don't think we'll ever put on any publicity and in all honesty my wife Leslie hates the phrase but I see the Eden Centre as a cathedral of Christian discipleship and mission a place where we come together we grow in God we will mature in him we sort of just get better at being his disciples and we send people out across Kettering across Northamptonshire and across the world that's what we want to do as we gather back together at some point in our building. We have a vision. We want to be a church that influences Kettering, Northamptonshire and the world. We want to be a church that blesses those in other parts of the world. We want to be a church that is seeing new birth as people from Kettering and Northamptonshire become his people, are taken out of ignorance and dullness and hopelessness and brought into the glorious liberty of being sons and daughters of the living God. That's what we want to be. Jesus wants his church to be a house of prayer for the nations. Nehemiah's actions sprung from that heart of prayer that heart of personal prayer and personal prayer is important. We need to be individually connected with God, but as individually we are connected. So when we come together, corporate prayer is also important. Praying with others is important. Leslie and I pray um, every morning together. Um, just recently, I've, I'm in a very privileged position um, of, of being paid to be sort of working full time within the church. And uh, so, I have an interesting week at the moment, 6.30 Tuesday morning, the steering group are up and praying together over Zoom. Wednesday morning, um, I pray with Adrian. We pray from nine till 10, um, actually at the Eden Center most of the time, and just calling down God and looking to bless um, our church and our people. Um, Thursday morning, um, 7.30 in the morning, I gather with some of the leaders across Kettering and we pray together. And then once a month on a Friday morning between 7 and 8, I join a prayer meeting that gathers from um, probably 10 or 15 different nations around the world. There's probably 60 or 70 of us over Zoom um, just praying for, for particular nations. So I, I have a lot of opportunity to pray with people and uh, that is that is really helpful to me um, but how can we sort of in the busyness of life actually find time to pray well obviously Nehemiah here spent four months praying and then quite a long prayer and then he had a short burst and I asked earlier which do you prefer long prayer or short prayer it's said of C.H. Spurgeon, the great 18th century preacher, someone asked him, you know, how long do you pray for? And he said, I never pray for longer than 10 minutes, but I never go without prayer for longer than 10 minutes. And I know for me, I'm praying best, generally in a room on my own, walking around praying. 
Leslie um, is much better just <coughs> in ordinary life, just constantly praying. Um, little prayers here, there and everywhere. Um, and then every so often she'll sit down and pray. When we're very privileged at the moment, we're able to pray together in the mornings. Um, when we had very young children, uh, it was very, very difficult to find time to pray together. And every so often we would put in our diary, probably once a month, maybe twice a month, um, an evening you know, between eight and 10, when we could just get the kids to bed and then we could just pray. We'd turn off all the phones, all the computers, all the tellies, everything, and just have a couple of hours where we prayed together um, a couple of times a month. And uh, that, that's the sort of thing that we did. How can Open Door pray? Well, we have our Sunday 8 p.m. once a month, first Sunday of the month together. We can pray together in our life groups, although that isn't always easy. Zoom, Zoom sort of over 10 people praying is, is quite difficult and you need to go into breakout rooms and all of that. And so as the lockdown is going to continue, <coughs> we'd like to encourage you to find four or six people that you could pray with regularly. And you can do it over Zoom, you can do it over WhatsApp, you can do it over Viber, whatever. But just to find four or six people, little groups, because we're not going to be able to meet in big groups together for a while, come what may. Um, as lockdown goes, we'll probably be able to meet and go back into groups of six. Um, over Zoom, a group of four, six is, is quite reasonable um, over the other um, platforms it's the same so it just will enable us to be a praying people and uh, in our bi-weekly letters we'll begin to put in there things that we can be praying for as a church but we'd like to encourage you so some of the life groups it may even want to miss a week and just sort of go down into smaller groups <coughs> to make it easier to pray just for 30 or 40 minutes talk share, then pray for your life situations, your family, your neighbours, open door for Kettering, for Northamptonshire, for our nation. Because Nehemiah was a man of action, but his action came out of prayer. And as we come out of lockdown, I believe with all my heart that God wants to speed up his work and we want to be a people that are ready for that and we can be ready as we pray but it's not easy to pray together and that's why we're recommending you just find four or six people four or six people in your life group that you can pray with regularly nehemiah was a man of prayer jesus was a man of prayer the early church was a church of prayer. Let's make Open Door a church of prayer that when we are once again released into activity, we come out ready and running with our God to accomplish great things that he has in store for us. God bless.